Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Monday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We're powered by Herdance Sports. 489-1240. 489-1240 to get in. 800 825-5865 as uh, we are sent to go. It's a bye week, but that doesn't mean football sleeps. Plenty to still get into around the college football world, the NFL, some recruiting, and yes, Nebraska football back even at uh, 3 and 3. You can find us in the stream. You're invited to chime in that way. We appreciate all of you for Checking in with us Friday night during the reaction show and the pregame show at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. And, of course, the weekend edition, we had a good old time Saturday morning. We had to knock a little rust off Saturday morning, late night, early morning turnaround, and uh, still plenty of big red football to talk. And email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Really good follow. Very entertaining. And can find me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio. I try to be, but we'll see if uh, it gets better, right? Because that's the theme. It's get better during the bye week. It's get better for Nebraska football on uh, all three sides of the ball. Offense, defense, special teams. Just enough to get out of Illinois with a win 20 to seven on on one side it was dominant on the other it was well it was Christmas because it was giveaway time and uh, we'll see where Nebraska can go as the two thirty kickoff we now know that looms for Northwestern on BTN at Memorial Stadium so time to jump in and say what's up uh, Kevin chimes in from Del Rapids South Dakota God's country I think Del Rapids just north of Sioux Falls before. Uh, I would uh, take the turn on the highway left to go to Madison, South Dakota, where I spent about a year back in 2002. Uh, Brandon's asking me, do you think uh, little Kirk uh, should be fired due to his performance? I let Iowa offense worry about Iowa offense. I know their quarterback had a lot to be desired. I know they had to lean on the run game. And uh, dare I say it, Elijah, Iowa's 5-1, and one, a chance to be 6-1 and one and take control of the West Saturday up in Madtown. Uh, I, would, I, would bet, um, I would bet Junior's money on Wisconsin this weekend. Sorry, Iowa, Russ. I just think, I think Wisconsin's uh, more of a complete team. But well, it's funny how, how... I was going to ask you, how was your weekend? I heard you were working out with some buddies yesterday, 
uh, doing kind of a an ROTC uh, tribute. Yeah, l- let me guess. You got that from Motsi. I did. <laughs> uh, our dear friend Jeff Motes, sports director here in town. And he's like, yeah, I was out for family pictures, and what do I see? Uh, you have Elijah doing squat thrusts or something cool <laughs> like that. <laughs> what You said, I need to get myself in some sort of – uh, right mind before this Denver game kicks off, so I'm going to go work off. It was actually during the first half of the oh, Broncos game. so you game. said screw it already. Well, like, I was going to watch the Broncos game. We get the text like, hey, it's a beautiful day. Let's go out and enjoy it. And I'm like, what's your idea of enjoying it? Oh. Let's go work out. A workout in the back of a park. Okay. Uh, <laughs> probably more enjoyable than the Broncos game still, so we go rock that. It was... To be fair, good to go out and enjoy the day. It wasn't the most strenuous workout of all time, despite how Jeff described it. And it's just funny as I'm sitting there working up a sweat, trying to avoid being in the background of their family pictures. Like I'm you seeing not, them setting you up. You were not wanting the photo bomb, <laughs> the, the family picture. No, but that was a good Sunday. Uh, Saturday, Whiskey Fest open Omaha. I was going to say, dude, how was Whiskey Fest? You sent me some, some Templeton Rye pictures. You didn't bring any bottles home, mind you, but you uh, you sent pictures of, of some whiskey. It's a fantastic event because it gets me a chance to try all these whiskeys that I look at and I go like, that's a little weird. I don't know if I want a full bottle. I'm not going to buy that. Or, man, that's 100 bucks. I don't know if I want to spend a full bottle on that because it, it's going to have the same effect, you know, once I finish the bottle anyway. Um, you will pace yourself on I the will. bottle finishing. You're I not. Will. They won Friday, Elijah. I will. But uh, <laughs> it was a fantastic event. My one complaint with the event, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, is that not many single 20-somethings women there. Not a great place to, to meet the love oh. of my life. I think I should have seen that that probably coming into the fact that this is a whiskey event. I uh, did have a great time though, despite the the lack of single women. Can I can I say this? If, if you find a a beautiful gal that likes drinking whiskey and smokes cigars, oh, I would have proposed on the spot. No, I that's, know that's what and, I was hoping and, for. And looks immaculate <laughs> and has a great personality to go with uh, the inside and outside beauty. Um, she's not on the market <laughs> ever, <laughs> if you can find that. My Saturday night was spent at Glow Golf. We played golf uh, out at a uh, place here in Lincoln that has glow-in-the-dark golf balls. And my wife went with me golfing for the first time with some friends. And I've got it out her um, on this. She has never golfed, so it wasn't going to go well. It was dark anyway. Elijah, she tried to tee up the golf ball while it was on the green. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, uh... and I'm like, Bunny, um, you, you aren't supposed to do that. And she got mad at me for like correcting her in front of people. Like, you can't do that. You can't put, you can't tee up. You, here, you use the putter. This this is the, the putter. This is what she, I felt like a jerk and I wasn't trying to be, but like, honey, you, you can't, you can't tee up the golf ball. You're defacing the green. You're going to get us kicked off here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if anyone's watching with night vision goggles, we're done. I'm, I'm trying to, to think in my head the benefit of like, of a novice golfer. What would they think the benefit of teeing up on the green would be? I don't know. Is our audio still all right? It's or? still all right. I'm, I, I did some testing there whenever we, we saw that comment, and I think that may be more user error than, than okay. us error. Gary, hang on tight uh, as he chimes in. We'll get to more of your comments. There's a lot of a lot of venom towards uh, baby Ferrens right now, uh, and, and they won 20 to 13. 
13, I believe, with their run game. But let's dive into Nebraska for a little bit. 489-1240 can jump in. Jay Moore going to be with us. Blackshirt Husker NFLer in about 10 minutes. We've got to go hour one with Jay. Appreciate his time. We'll go there with Jay Moore uh, in about 10 minutes. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, was on hand in person in Champaign to make sure Things went well. At least that's how we're going to say it. But I guess the the main takeaway is we look at this bye week. A couple of things. One, Nebraska is is not dead. Okay, and we felt like it could have would have been a funeral had Nebraska not found a way to to hang on. Two, after further review, after further review. As tough as one side of the football was, the other side of the football embraced the suck. They embraced the challenge. They embraced the responsibility, and they were all about it. As many times as Nebraska's found ways to misstep, not just this season, but the the past 10 years, the way that the game shook out, is this exactly what they needed? And I'm not saying the fans. I'm not saying you weren't ripping your hair out in, in some instances. I'm not saying some of you weren't pouring another drink Friday night and nodding silently with approval because of how well the defense continued to step up. But when push comes to shove, finding a way to win that way and just keep going out there time after time after time again, is this what this football team needed? An ugly god-awful, let someone rip the uh, the power source out so the rest of the world can't see this offense perform. Is this, in, in hindsight, going to be what this team needed? Rules been right all along so far this season with what he has said about his football team being a defensive football team. And he kind of reiterated it and doubled it down, bud with uh, what their job was against Illinois. Uh, quarterbacks, another discussion point we'll get into in, in hour two. But we, we knew how important this game was. And immediate knee-jerk reaction is, well, why the hell didn't they win by 40? Hmm. But after further review, listen, I, I think it was an opportunity that they succeeded in to, to find a way – 20 to 7 looks fine. It's a road win. Don't whine about it, especially after the last recent years and recent blown ball games. But this could have gone sideways if the defense didn't step up and, and embrace good, bad, or ugly. It, it could have been Minnesota, where it's 10 points in three minutes after the offense screws you. And it could have been Colorado 13 to 7. He's highlighted both of those, and he highlighted Minnesota again in the post game. And this may have been a necessary evil for this football team, at least on the defensive side of the ball, to uh, to come through. And did you, as the, the the listener, the Husker fan out there, not get a dose of reality on Saturday night whenever you watched Miami blow it against Georgia Tech and get those shades of Nebraska over the past couple of years and finding creative ways to lose a game? a lot of shade thrown at good old Nebraska but and a former coach. Did you not get that dose of reality looking back at the game Friday night and saying, you know what, could have been worse. Yeah, it, it was an eye-bleach <laughs> offense type of game, but you know what? It was a, it was still, a, it was a win by won. multiple scores. You still won. You still won, and, and you outlasted Illinois. And quite frankly, your offense made enough plays to get you points. 
your offense made enough plays to keep Illinois in it, and Nebraska's defense eventually did enough to just slam the door. So, I think again, after further review, it's a 13-point win, and it's a it's a needed way to win the football game for this Nebraska defense. And I, I got a DM in over the weekend from an account that does not have enough vowels. There's actually no vowels in the account's name. I don't want to screw it up. Tell me, how would you pronounce this, Schmitty, for a, a Twitter name? It's D T V R D Y. There is not a single and, and not to not to go dox this person. I do apologize mm-hmm. if I'm exposing your Twitter name out there. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe you can you can help me out here. He sent me uh, a couple of long messages this weekend, and the one that really resonated with me was the one talking about the identity of Nebraska's offense. And he, after watching the Illinois game thinks that what Marcus Satterfield is is trying to build from an offensive identity standpoint, which I think he just put it into words that really resounded with me this weekend. The way he put it, it's not like it's the most shocking revelation, but it's he, he doesn't think what Marcus Satterfield is building is based on formation or scheme with the offensive identity. It's, it's similar to that defense. It's the attitude of playing hard and executing your assignment, even if it's different from one play to the next. Even if you don't have a consistent play, you can go back to a formation you can go back to. It's about building the attitude and the, the discipline on that that side of the ball that we've seen from the Husker defense. The Husker defense, aside from maybe the Michigan game and a half of Louisiana Tech, has played with a certain attitude and discipline that you now come to expect from them, even whenever their defensive game plan itself is changing based on the offense. They're blitzing less, or they're blitzing more, or you know what? They're playing more three-down linemen. That is not a part of their identity. What their identity is is that attitude and the discipline. And he thinks that Marcus Satterfield is trying to build that offensively. You know what? If Nebraska comes out under center and runs option, it's, it's no different than shotgun. It's no different from a, a quick passing attack. All of that doesn't matter in terms of identity. What he thinks Marcus Satterfield is building is, you know what? Whenever the defense comes out with five down linemen or three down linemen, it doesn't matter. You go out and you execute and you have a, a chip on your shoulder type attitude that we're going to be able to run the ball against this front. It doesn't matter what front the defense, of, the defense comes out in. I don't think Nebraska's offense is particularly close in building that identity with their offensive line, with their rushing attack, and with what they're trying to do. But I think he put it eloquently in a way that that you know what it stands out to me after that game against Illinois. That is Nebraska there from an identity point of view. No, did you see bits and pieces of them building that identity? You know what? Whenever your special teams makes a huge play and you get the ball in a short field with the uh, the game still in in contest, you go out and you quickly score. You, your offense line opens up a huge hole. Heiner Carberg lowers the shoulder into the end zone and you get seven points. Twenty five yards, man. Quick, quick change, and and that was. You needed one more knockout shot, but what's different from Minnesota to now is we talk about this team getting better, and they've got quite a ways to go on offense, but you're seeing some improvement. It's just choppy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're seeing more. You saw a really good response from the defense, but it's confidence. Defense Mm -hmm. went out there owning it and was excited and ready to go. The, The offense... I mean, they wanted to be aggressive, too, and to a fault towards the end of that first half where you almost had three different interceptions. Uh, You flip it around, you get set up, which is what you've been pining for all season for Nebraska as a fan. All right, defense is really good. They're going to take care of the offense, give them a short field. And, I mean, you got got three points out of it, man, 20-7. to about the eight-minute mark in the third quarter, and you get the block punt by Gunnarsson. You start out at the Illinois 22, uh, missed field goal. You get the ball at the 50, 
after that fourth and one stop by the black shirts, no points. Uh, you get um, a short punt by Illinois after a three and out at your own 45. I believe that's when the interception happened. Uh, you get a Quentin Newsom interception, return to the 29-yard line, and then that is the, the Grant fumble. So five drives, three points, missed field goal, interception, two fumbles lost. And if that isn't enough to make you drop into the fetal position <laughs> or start rocking like your Stewie Griffith uh, in the corner, I think there are a lot of Nebraska fans saying, pour me a double. And they're just waiting for it to, to go sour. And, and Nebraska, again, defensively, because of that confidence, again, rules been right. He's pushed the buttons, and it goes back to the, the knowing the personality, knowing the team, and that two-way street of trust. And it got the defense ready. And so it's a, a positive with the turnovers. Hey, they happen on the other end of the field. Illinois still to drive the length of the field if you want to have the silver lining. <laughs> Dude, there's not enough whiskey in America or at Whiskey Fest for you. That was tough. Jay Moore shares his thoughts next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're powered by Herdant Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. Jay is going to sneak off to the golf course because it's insanely gorgeous out. I'm, I don't know if I'm kidding or not. Brian has dubbed uh, Friday's game pretty well here. This week's episode of a obscurity in offensive football. I don't know if he's talking Iowa or or red zone for Nebraska, but Jay the Big Red got the win. It feels like a while back. Friday night was Friday night. Good day of football Saturday where you can just put your feet up and watch. And Nebraska's at 3-3. Three and three. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, being flexible with my schedule. I know this isn't the normal time. You're all good, brother. On, but uh, sometimes you... You, you we gotta you gotta adjust. Champions adjust and make things work out. <laughs> well, I gotta ask you, how's how's the the the, the, the flag football team going? You how's know, we doing? are we are solid. We haven't lost yet. We have two more games. So, knock on wood, it does help. You know, last year is our first year of playing, and uh, we were kindergartners. Now this year we're first graders, and we're playing kindergartners more often. So, uh, <laughs> we get the age up. We get the a little advantage there. So. I don't know if we're playing first graders or kindergarten tonight. We'll see, but it's it's been fun. The kids are the kids enjoy it. It's it's fun to watch them run around there and and get better and they just have fun with it. And you know, it's not the dads don't we don't take it seriously. We just like to have them. You know, just show up. Do you know? Do a good job. Give your full effort. If you win, great. If you don't, oh well. Let's go. You no, know, no, no, no gassers afterwards. <laughs> not yet. We're not to that point yet. 
Now, now, if you guys do lose to a team of kindergartners, do you show up with a full padded practice tomorrow, <laughs> emphasizing day. physicality? Like, hey, we're first graders. We need to exert our physicality we're a, we're on these kindergartners. Football team, Jay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's that's definitely been. Uh, that we'll have, we'll have to be considered if that happens here tonight. Well, <laughs> although our practices, our practices go at, we usually practice Saturday mornings for about forty-five minutes. Uh, well, that will have to be. That'll have to definitely be considered if if they have a slip up and you know they, they get a little too ahead of themselves thinking about the undefeated season. I love it. Well, if you're playing a, a team that has a running back with sideburns in first grade, I, you need to ask for that birth certificate. All right. That's baby Gronk. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Gee, Jay, what happened? We played baby Gronk. No comment. All right. Uh, what what'd you like most about Friday? Yes, the win, but defensively, what, what stuck out to you? It, they made plays and they needed to. You know, they got to a rough start, and it just – Football in general, teams always kind of get up to a pretty good start when they have scripted plays. We've seen Nebraska have a lot of success on their first drives in years past. Uh, but it was just kind of a bend-don't-break scenario, that first drive. You get, you get down there, and it's a, fourth, it's a goal line stop. You hold for points, and Nebraska's able to capitalize and, and go down and, and get some uh, and move the ball a little bit after that. But overall, in a game that was very, very weird just from the offensive standpoint, just from the sloppiness and – uh, the clumsiness of it all, and they get some momentum going, and then they get the ball inside their own, you know, twenty-yard line, and the turnovers is they just went out and played, and you didn't get too caught up in, oh my gosh, you know, the offense isn't doing their part, or we we can't keep you know going out here, and they can't keep expecting us to, to make all these stops. It just just shows a little bit of maturity, uh, and I know that even with that, uh, as many young guys are playing, I think. Just the focus to go out and just say it doesn't matter what the scoreboard is, what the situation is. Just go out and execute the call that's, that's being made by by uh, Tony White. That's that's all you can do. And you did, they, they did that, and they played really well. And I'm listen. I mean, I know Illinois is not the you know the the best offensive team in the Big Ten, or let alone the Big Ten West. But they're able to just go out there and make plays and get off the field they need to. And you had to make plays because I, I think in years past, I'm sure you guys have already discussed this. That's probably a game Nebraska loses, mm-hmm. you know, with the penalties and the turnovers and just the inability to to grab the momentum and and win that football game. And you kind of just kept handing it back to Illinois, like here you go. Can you can you do something? But the defense showed up and they made plays. They made turnovers. Uh, the ball bounced Nebraska's way a couple times. We haven't seen that in years past. Overall, I tell you what, we've lost pretty in the last couple of years. Nebraska went ugly, and I'm okay with that. you got to learn how to win. You know, I've, I've said it multiple times, losing a habit and, and winning is a habit too. And this team is, is learning how to win. And you got to learn how to win in any way, shape possible, especially on the road in the Big Ten. I don't care if it is against not a great opponent. It's still a tough place to play. And you got to put it, you know, you got to take some confidence out of that, that you're able to go on the road and, and win ugly and, and take care of business. So, uh, yeah, there's some things you, you would like to see better and differently. But I, listen, I'm nowhere. I'm we are nowhere. We cannot be complaining about wins and the style points of wins. I don't care how it is. 
I don't care if we win two to nothing. I will take it at this point. Might and happen. Happy with it and you move on. <laughs> Might happen. So Jay Moore with us here on Hale Varsity <laughs> Radio. And Jay, I, I attempted to complete my rewatch of the Nebraska game last night. I try to do that every single weekend. And this is no joke. I fell asleep on my couch during the rewatch of the Nebraska game. I woke up confused as hell this morning in my living room. Uh, as my roommates were getting ready to go off to work, and I had no idea what had happened. But it was the the Husker performance had put me to sleep a little bit. I don't think I'm probably alone in that one. I'm, uh, I'm willing to admit it. But one thing that I did notice through the first couple of quarters was that maybe I didn't give Nebraska enough credit live for how physical that game was against Illinois. It was a very physical game, and I think you're going to be happy that you have a bye week coming up now following back-to-back really physical games. And I want to get your thoughts. After a week in which Matt Rule practiced full pads on a Sunday night, was really emphasizing the physicality, did you see a Nebraska team that took strides forward in terms of that physicality on a Friday night? Yeah, I think so. I don't don't think uh, any of these games – I mean – Listen, Michigan is. You look at that Michigan game; they're 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 just a really good football team. I don't wouldn't be surprised if they win the whole darn thing this year. Uh, so I, I got to almost take that game and just kind of set it off to the side. And I, other than that, I think Nebraska's played pretty physical most of the year, especially defensively. I think offensively, they're able to run the football. It's just the sloppiness is got to get cleaned up. And whether you want to say they were the disconcerting calls or the movement calls and the stemming and all those things. Listen, they, you still got to get that fixed. That can't be an issue. Teams are going to continue to do it year and year uh, for the rest of the year. So there's, there's some things that you can get cleaned up and uh, and, and and work on during the bye week. But they're they've been a physical football team, you know. For like I said, take out the Michigan game. And I, uh, but through those other games, even even the losses, you, you just. They they lose you lose at Minnesota because you're sloppy turnovers. You lose at Colorado because you're sloppy with turnovers. Um, you got the wins against Northern Illinois and, and Louisiana Tech, and then Michigan's probably one of the best is the best team in the nation. And yeah, they're gonna they're gonna beat up on everyone. They're gonna just I I don't I, I think they're gonna I don't think the Ohio State game's gonna be that close when they play them. I think they're gonna handle Ohio State towards the end of the year too. So you can you can. Like I said, you can look at things and, and take them and take them one way if you want. But again, it's it's a team that's learning how to win. It's a team that I saw still playing physical. They can clean up some things, clean up the turnovers, turn, clean up the the penalties. That game was thirty eight to seven, easily forty two seven easily. So they got to keep doing their things. You know, there's again, you got there's things to improve on. There's things that, you, that they've done well, and you you go into this bye week and you just say, all right, let's get healthy, let's practice smart. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to still uh, get the pads on, be physical. I don't know if coaches are going to be out recruiting or not. I don't know how that works uh, with the new rules and so on and so forth. But you still got to keep, continue down this path. You got you got a, a lot of uh, the the future. The next three games look very tasty for this team, and you got to capitalize and uh, and to get to where you need to go. So I, I don't think you can take your foot off the gas pedal. Uh, too hard or too far during this bye week. I think there's a lot of things that they're still going to continue on and work on in physicality and work on those things, get some good on good action. And then you get a few days off, probably going to get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, or maybe you're back in the, back in there working on stuff Sunday. But this team is, you can't be feeling too good about yourself, even though coming off a win, there's still a lot of things to improve on. Jay Moore's with us. Big red wrap-up at Jay Moore 44. Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay, a couple minutes here before we'll, we'll get you out. 
I'm I'm interested in what is fixable with the offense. What what do you what do you do moving forward if you're Nebraska on offense? What's well, tough? They do. You see some things, and you're like, yes, that looks pretty good. It's just the penalties and turnovers. Okay. This is not going to be uh, a high-powered offense. They're just It's not going to be up and down the field. They're going to have some issues. That's what happened when you're playing new young quarterbacks. Your offensive line is is okay at times, and sometimes they're just, it's, I would say their offensive line is inconsistent. Uh, with, I don't know what Marcus Washington's situation is with the knee injury. Uh Going forward, that wide receiver room's already been decimated. The running back room has has already been decimated. So you're going to have to lean on Emmett Johnson and and uh, Anthony Grant, and they both had their fumble issues in, in the previous game. Uh, Harbor's going to have to continue to become a better passer. Uh, it was a little careless with some of the throws and a little inconsistent. But that's going to happen. Young a young player. What happens with Sims throughout the bye week and this this whole thing? Uh, but you got to. Where I look at it, continue to improve up front. You got to clean up the penalties. You got to clean up just the the pre-snap. I'm talking the false starts and things you can control. You're going to have holdings. You're going to have some things. The, listen, the Ben Scott penalty was was bad too. Mm-hmm. That was that late hit. That 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 was bad. Like you got to that stuff can't happen. You got to be smarter than that. That was that was late, uh, very very late. So just clean up those things. What you can control, you can control false starts. You can control late hits and things like that you don't i mean you don't want to back off the aggress- aggressiveness but it has to be to a to an extent right you clean some of those those penalties up and then you take care of the football this is listen i this can be a, a pretty good a, a halfway decent football team halfway decent offense if they can just continue to do those things i think this a qb run game is putting a lot of defenses that uh you know stresses them out a little bit and you just continue to you know the defense plays well and you and you know, get three and outs and getting turnovers. It's going to be a tough team, but if but they continue to go down this path of, you know, you can't have seven penalties for 70 yards. Mm-hmm. You can't have three turnovers. You can't do that. You're, it's rare that it happened on the road. Uh, you're just lucky enough that Illinois could not find any offense. But, I, you know, against Northwestern and luckily against Purdue, at, the next two games are at home, you know, you'll get beat. And you'll get beat at Michigan State, too, if, you, if this – the sloppiness continues. They'll get it cleaned up. They'll work on that stemming issue, um, and they'll, they'll they'll work on it. It's just it's simple. It's really just take care of the football and stop the penalties, and they'll be okay. Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker, NFL, or watch him. Big Red wrap up. Jay Bird, good luck tonight with some flag football. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, boys. See ya. There he is, Jay Moore, with us. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker, Ed F. Eller. And if you're having sound issues, there's stations and streaming you can check in on. I know from a from an over-the-air standpoint, there's some sun issues or yeah, there's a disturbances. Yeah, sun spot today. Is that yes, what I've been hearing? allegedly. And, and, like, for as long as I've been working in radio, which pales in comparison to you, I've heard that before. <laughs> that is code from an old bastard. Uh, I, I won't speak on that, but I will say I have heard that thrown around so much and I still have no idea how it actually affects radio waves. Like I'm, I'm sure it got explained to me in college at some point in and time. You just, yeah. at, and at some point in time, that memory has been replaced by Husker football stats and that's, information. That's okay. <laughs> there's only so much room, but there's ways to, to check in on us. The hey. Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, Facebook and Twitter as well. And then uh, 590 in Omaha, 
Uh, Carney Hastings, Grand Island, uh, the Tri-City Superstation, 1460-1550, and our friends News Talk 900 in Columbus, Gus and the crew up there in CBUS. So stream, video, slash YouTube, or over the air. So however you want to go about it, if you're having issues with uh, the radio signal in Lincoln uh, because of sunspots, uh, f- sorry, I, legit, sorry, I I'm, I'm, wish I could... Uh, pull the Griswold, climb the roof, and get shocked and fixing this. And there is one way. And I, I will say, I did some user testing on the stream. It appears as if the stream is working and 100% functional. So if you're having issues on the stream, I don't know what to tell you. The, the sound works fine on my end. But I will also say, there's one more great way where you will have picture-perfect, clean audio every single time you listen to Hail Varsity Radio. And that's in podcast form. Uh-huh. Whether you like the segments or whether you like the full show, both are available for you in podcast form. And hey, guess what? Not a fan of commercials. They're cut out in podcast form as well as whenever we post the full video up on our YouTube page at some point tonight that usually goes up around 8 p.m. every single mm-hmm. night. You'll have the full video with no commercials either. So another great way to check out Hail Varsity Radio. If you listen live, we love you even more. Uh, the live listeners that chime in always give us something to talk about, give us some fun. Uh, in our afternoons, but if you listen after the fact as well, perfect picture, pi- picture perfect, clear audio every single time. Crew chimes in. I'd rather watch paint dry than Iowa football again this week, even though I'll be tuned in. The Big Ten West is comically bad. It, it's been a stepchild for a long, long time. Uh, that said, uh, it is a battle of wills. Will you be able to stomach yourself for another six weeks watching and keeping an keeping an eye on on the other scores in the Big Ten West. And Elijah, will you be able to stomach Nebraska's offense? I kind of kid here, but are you a are you a fan of The Godfather? Yeah, I love mafia movies. I've referenced them before, and the, the best picture I can give you is the Nebraska's offense right now is Fredo. <laughs> we know what happened to Fredo. When he went fishing. But the point is, is Fredo is incompetent. There were some good things that Fredo could do. Fredo could get you girls, take you gambling. You found Superman in Havana. Uh, but other than that, he he, he tried to, to have his own brother whacked. That's a no-no. You and forget, he also had a fantastic mustache. Let's not Fredo, let's ignore that. Fredo did in, in one. I think he shaved it. Hold on. Uh, he may have had it in, in, in two before the, the, the whacking. Uh, Nebraska's defense right now, to, to go completely overboard, they're really good, despite the Michigan performance. They're, they're Michael. They're Michael Corleone. And right now, Nebraska's having to, to, to drag Fredo along because they're family. And, and, <laughs> and you've got to put up with it. Now, you hope the offense can, can get fixed. And... Are you as concerned with the quarterback right now? I'm not. Listen, I think there's enough Harburg can do to be beyond serviceable. He's, he, is, he has gotten better through his starts. He made plays and scored points early. And to me, it's their, it's their run game. It, it is the run game and what they're unable to do left or right side of the line against Illinois, who the world has run on. 
and you're just not good out of the I formation or even a single back set under center. I'm a broken record with this, Elijah. And if it can't get better by now, I'm not saying you toss it and don't keep working on it, but run out of the shotgun for the love of God or pistol. That seems to be better. And I know the O-line's been beat up, and I know the offensive line's been maligned, but that's going to be it is can you keep Harburg healthy and can you can you can you ride him while he's hot while he's in rhythm throwing the football and what do you get out of these future freshman wideouts because who knows if Washington comes back you need to force feed Fedoni and I'm talking fantasy numbers where homeboy needs to have at least nine catches and probably 18 targets a game that sounds a bit excessive you can do the old H-back check down for six in your sleep. There is It's what Michigan runs. They don't go downfield that often. They're way better. It's a bad comparison. <laughs> well, but you, you, but there's, there's, there's ways to make it happen passing. And I think I read on Pro Football Focus that of the 27 pass attempts, you had 11 pressures by Harburg. He's able to get out of some trouble and he's a threat running the football. Above all, he embodies this personality of the offense that is is gritty and tough, and they'll find a way. They found a way to put up 20 uh, on their own. Defense tried to give him another 21 to match him, and they did not take advantage. So quarterback, as long as he's healthy, I'm, I'm fine. He needs to keep getting better. He's a 52% completion percentage. He'll, he'll, he had a great start where he was 8-9. and nine. He was that way against Michigan. And I think at one point he was 3-for-4 for, for 70 yards, and then he had five straight incompletions. So I, I don't have an answer or I'm not going to put any money down that this offense will flip a switch. They're going to be a, a slow, ice-age-type work in progress. But I think they can get better. they got to figure out the run game. And Harburg's the guy. And does that mean you look and take a – gander at sims i don't know man i mean i think you keep riding it and if you got to make a change or you think sims could spark the offense so be it but right now they're riding with double h well and and whenever i think about the quarterback obviously the quarterback is the the position that makes all the money in the nfl it's the position everyone looks at they have the ball in their hand every single play but there's two different ways to complete a rebuild i'm kind of with you in that the offense is what it is this year you can you can make do with what you got, and I think maybe Satterfield could make a little bit more with what he's got, but he's trying to establish a, a culture and identity within this offense, an attitude within this offense. Mm-hmm. And you look across college football, like Colorado, they've attempted to complete a rebuild using quarterback and skill position players, and they're liable to have a bad day. It's as simple as that. And they, and they did against a murderous offensive and defensive line at Oregon. And they had a bad day against USC. They had a bad day against Arizona State, who is not very good. You're liable to have a bad day that way. You compare that to teams that have built their team on the lines of scrimmage with physicality running the football, Utah, Michigan, schools like that, the rebuilds take a little bit longer. But once you have those aspects in place, and that's what I think this offense is right now, is it's a work in progress towards that. They're going to continue beating their head into a brick wall with that rushing attack, as frustrating as it might be, until you develop that identity and that attitude, you're more uh, more likely to achieve long-term success and year-in, year-out success where you know what you're going to get from the offense in a week-in, week-out basis. It's consistency. Yes. And you look at Oklahoma, Texas, as fun as they are, they're, uh, they're a problem trying to run the football on first and ten because they don't have it. 
They've got talent. They just don't have the physicality. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up here 15 minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. A Monday with Charlie. His coach was in Champaign with his dear friend and former player, Jared Tomich. Toby Wright there on hand uh, as well. And anxious to get coach's take. He was a happy dude watching the defense play like they did. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Anonymous chimes in. I love hearing from Anonymous during our shows here on the Stream Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Anonymous says the fact that Iowa, Minnesota, and Iowa, Illinois will be on television is, is a ringing indictment of the entertainment options available in this country. <laughs> Find a, uh, a a more entertaining college football game and keep your eye on the score is my advice on that. Uh, Brandon, super optimistic. Love this. By the end of October, Nebraska is tied for first in the West. They need to be, right? They, they need to be. Percentages are out by CFP. 69% chance to beat Northwestern on the 21st. Nice. 48% chance to beat Purdue. And what did I do with it here? Let me find it. Uh, this is glorious radio. Like 28% chance to win at Sparty. Okay. But it here, should be noted I, that, that the numbers there don't necessarily reflect the dumpster fire that Michigan State has turned into over the past two and a half weeks. They don't reflect what it's November 3rd. <laughs> that, that, that is a program that has begun to spiral, uh-huh. and the numbers aren't going to reflect that maybe for a couple of they'll, weeks. They'll so change. They'll they change by change. November. Uh, we are going to be at Michigan State. I believe I'm finalizing a place to be Thursday night for a road show for Hale Varsity. We'll find a location Friday, and then we're working on being at the stadium, actually, for pregame and postgame. Oh, like in the stadium. Like, like yeah. Like Stick- big Newton kickoff, like set up with like the booth and like <laughs> no, I, I think it's down going, on the field. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a old and electronical storage closet with a power source. Son, you go in there. Whatever it takes, man. So we don't get to set up a set on the 50-yard line during pregame warm-ups? A set? <laughs> with TV like cameras and lights and everything? Sure. Yeah, because you know, our, our setup is extensive in nature. Yeah. <laughs> it's some, some duct tape. It's, Ho- hopefully a power outlet. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a power outlet. There. Yeah, I mean, our setups have been fun at the bar, the bar, uh, before oh. and after that uh, Nebraska-Michigan game. Uh, that, that that killed some pain uh, for a lot of Nebraska fans. Uh, get me a slinky and do it now. Uh, Ryan chimes in, no matter the score, this is a huge win that gives the players and fans something we haven't had since 2016. That is hope. Hope and confidence, man. Absolutely. Uh, very, very key. Cutter chimes in. We'll get to more comments and have uh, quite a bit of open time for you in hour two. You want to chime in at 489-1240. We're a couple minutes away from Charlie McBride. In previous years, Nebraska would have folded after that second fumble versus Illinois. We, are, we, are, we would be having a much different conversation today. Improvement is being shown, and that's what matters this year. Totally agree, Cutter. Now, I turned to you at the Hale Varsity Club, I don't know, seven times to the point where you moved away from me because I'm like, how, how the hell does this keep happening? 
and and you just kind of said, "Dude, it's Nebraska," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they uh, they found a way. Charlie McBride, his report from Champaign. Next, it's hour two on Hale Varsity. This is Christian Peter. I'm sorry, but the stories I have about Charlie are not appropriate for the public. The right case of the Mondays. It's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, on Hale Varsity Radio. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Herdant Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, good to spend some time with you. Thanks for joining us today. How you doing? Good. I'm doing good. Started out ugly, and it's beautiful now. It, it is just beautiful weather here in Nebraska. Our old boy Scott sent us a picture. He is uh, listening to us from a deer stand, and he's all camoed up. So uh, he's trying to get Bambi. We wish him luck and well. Uh, get us some of those deer sticks. And you, it, 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 there is a, a rumor out there that, that your voice, Schmitty, naturally attracts deers. Really? No. No. no, I made that up. But <laughs> yeah, just just stay away. Cool, that <laughs> stay, stay away, coach. You you had a good time with uh, Jared Tomich, and you got to make a trip to to Champagne. Tell us about your experience. It was cold. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first experience we had with some cold blowing wind. It was uh, you know I I don't think he would have noticed any of it on television or, or anything else, but. Uh, it's a swirling wind in that stadium, and so you didn't know exactly which way it was going. I talked to a couple of people that you know that knew the stadium and knew it well, and said, you know, even though it looks like it's going this way, it is. It's really not, and it's a little bit. I think ours does a little bit of that, but uh, this this was actually a interesting thing because a couple of the punts that we had, one of them in particular was actually into the wind the way the flag was blowing and it was you know it was a great punt i mean it was the best one of the night so you know you couldn't tell anything with that but uh it was a good it was a good game our kids played hard and uh you know that's the thing they're kind of looking for anyway because they'll get better as time goes on and um you know it's just going to be a matter of the light going on it's mm-hmm. uh you know, they got, they're learning a whole bunch of stuff, and each week it's different a little bit. And so, but I was, I was happy with what I saw. I mean, I, you know, what, you know, I, I thought we could have done, you know, there's always things you can do better, but um, everything looked positive. Charlie McBride is with us on Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio Black Shirt Monday. Coach, you, you had the 20 to 7 win. And there were moments where the defense stepped up, and then in that fourth quarter, with some of the offensive miscues, the defense uh, said, we, we got it. And, and Coach Rule said as much after the game, but uh, from the goal line stand to the fourth down stop at midfield, tell me what impressed you most about what you saw from the black shirts. Well, the, the biggest thing was is I they they look like they were together better. I mean, I, you know, you feel, you can see something that, you know, when you're, I guess when you're a coach, you, you can see kids reacting to this better, not wandering around kind of with, you know, their 
you know, some of them are not sure and some of them are. It looks looked a, a lot more uh, positive about what, you know, the things they were doing. And believe it or not, even though the offense wasn't flaring, I mean, it was. But it, they even looked a little better about about some of the things there. And there were times when it, you know, it looked ugly. But, uh, you know, things just get better and better. And all of a sudden you're going to see, you know, something happen like, this isn't the same team, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it'll come out of the woodwork. I think they're really, like I said, I think the personnel thing, getting that squared away is, is really important for them. It's Charlie McBride with us here, a Black Shirt Monday with Charlie, talking at Nebraska, Illinois, and looking ahead to the upcoming bye week as well. And Charlie, whenever you, you think about complimentary football, I know the Husker football team posted a video uh, saying there's complimentary football with the special teams, the offense, and the defense all working in harmony. And I don't know, something tells me three of six in the red zone from the Husker offense, just in terms of scoring points, isn't perfect complimentary football. But you can see strides being made there. And I want to get your thoughts on what we saw on Friday night. Do you think we saw complimentary football on Friday night against the Illini? Well, I think the offense, again, is behind a little bit. You know, that that the defense now at this time of year shouldn't be. Uh, but I think it, you know, it is, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, you know, the backfield situation. I mean, you have a different quarterback from the beginning. You got two backs out that are important, and uh, um, I think Emmett Johnson, I think, is a kid that really impressed me of his quickness inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at it, at what he did, I mean, we. Some of those backs are good backs. They're good straight-ahead guys, and have have one or two moves. And but he's got he's got a, a, a sniff of the goal line every time he carries the ball. And I think that that's something I noticed. You know, with the with that now the special teams, of course, their our field goal stuff wasn't uh, overwhelming, and that's what bothered me a little bit. Um, you know, and, and and it hasn't uh, been consistent, and that's the whole thing with the offense is consistency. Uh, you know, and you know, I always re, you know preached responsibility. Uh, each team is responsible for the other team. I mean, it's kind of a, a crazy thing to say, but. You know, you're responsible for your, you know, doing the right things and doing them as hard as you can. And if you get a couple of guys, you know, kind of loafing or doing something different or that, it, it's it's not as hard, it's not as easy on offense as it is on defense. And you don't notice it as much on defense as you do on offense. But I think the complementary part comes, and I think if you look at you know, the first game, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was more of a, a group. Uh, I don't, I, I don't even know how to say it exactly, but it, it was, it was probably thought, oh man, we're, you know, at least we got a good start, even though we lost, we did some, did, did some good things, and then it seemed to fall apart a little bit until we hit, you know, we hit those uh, two games that were not Big Ten games that. You know, we're kind of here or there. Mm-hmm. But when I saw last night, a lot of people will probably say, well, they can do better and they could do better. But uh, I, I have a feeling that they're, 
there's something there, uh, I, I, you know, that I that I felt good about. And you know, the other thing that I've noticed this year is I really feel like our cover teams are doing a much better job. I mean, we have better people in there. Uh, we're playing good people on our special teams, and uh, I mean they're smoking, uh, and, and it looks like it means something to them. So, you know, as, as things get better and they do some good things, they start feeling good about themselves, and that that that's really important. I think you know, especially for the young players. Um, and I and I think they're they're they've, on the sideline. When I see on the sideline on the bench, compared to say the first game, they're more communication. That mm-hmm. that was that was that's really I mean one of the things that I thought, you know, was you know we had guys wandering around in the first game all over the place, and and I saw that happening with other coaches, but uh, they're getting a little more directed to you know, uh, to the game instead of just kind of having a nice conversation with their buddies that even though they're not getting in the game and that they're get, they're taking part in it. Charlie McBride's with us a Monday with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, After we started talking about the, the ball game in the first hour and the, the way I kind of posed it after further review – this is going to be beneficial with how Nebraska won this, don't you think? Because the offense kept the door open and the defense made sure they, they slammed it for the entire team as they, they answered the call multiple times after some emotional moments with turnovers. Could have been a 41-7 to game. It was still 20-7, to and yet you have to wonder – if that thought, oh, no, here we go again, was in the back of their mind, like like Minnesota and like so many times before over a lot of years, learning how to win, right, that topic, could could, right. they, could the way they won be beneficial? Does it kind of reinforce right. what Rule's been saying? Well, that's what I was talking about when I talked about responsibility. Sure. That's what makes the team. I, I think, you know, the defense is responsible to get the ball for the offense and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They're, they're responsible. Once the defense gets the ball, to shove it in the end zone, get a field goal, or do something that makes points and do something positive. Um, and, and those are the things that I think you see. That's what makes the team. And, and what happens is, is even if you have a good team, and they start out slow in the year, which we've, we've done on both sides of the ball. It started out slower on offense one year and defense the next year, and you got younger. You know, it, it's all backwards sometimes. But it always is there that the one side is supporting the other side and realizing, hey, these guys are having some troubles. we got to get it done and, and taking responsibility. And I think that's what I—that's what what you're talking about—is exactly what I'm, I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. I tried to preach that to these guys that, you know, that they're 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 responsible to their teammates not to make mistakes, to put everybody the one guy put everybody in jail. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, with penalties <laughs> or something stupid or punching a guy or doing something that they really 
you know, I'm watching games on Saturday and I'm seeing some guys really do some dumb things. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, almost to it to a point where I can't even believe it. Uh, um, and, you know, it's all about me is what happens then. And when you have a team that's all about you, then, uh, you know, you really, you really got some problems mm-hmm. then. And that, that's like cancer and that spreads all over the place. So, you know, it's, Right now, I think all those kids that came in new, mm-hmm. they're just starting to they're just starting to roll now. I mean, they're just starting to find out what day it is, and they found out that they're 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 going from survival to help everybody. That you know that my responsibility is to do this and do it right, and the old saying, "Do your job," mm-hmm. and. Uh, Things will work out well. I mean, I think little things, and fundamentally, that that's something that you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Because um, you know, it's always interested. People say things, uh, you know, about other people, but they ought to look in the mirror first and, and decide where they stand. Sure. You know, with a lot of stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it it it's one of those things where you can take. Take yourself and say, I did it wrong. I did it. It's my fault. I did it wrong. And, and not be afraid to, you know, admit something and, and I'll make up for it on the next play. And of course, you don't talk about it during the game, but, sure. you know, but you know yourself what, what I'm talking about. I mean, you make a mistake in your business or anything else and, uh, you know, you feel bad about it, but you want to build on it instead of, you know, instead of, tearing yourself down and that that's where i'm seeing uh, you know there's so many little things that, that i saw i'm glad i went to the game sure um you know because i you know looking at it on television is like found and saying in a rat hole i mean it just <laughs> keeps going you know it sucks and then uh, so that's you know that's kind of the, the responsibility seems to start to be there the guys on special teams are going down with a meeting, and uh, that's when the game starts to get to be fun. Coach, I've got about 90 seconds, not enough time, but what do you remember about Dick, Dick Butkus? Did you did you know Butkus at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the brothers was played against them all the oh, time. I okay. Mean, they're both in the same – they're they're both gone now, but mm-hmm. they're both they're both in the same grade. They played against each other. His brothers are, um, to be honest with you, are bigger, stronger, tougher. <laughs> but they're furniture movers, and he's a football. Player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean you know the whole the whole family. You know they're they're, they're silent but deadly kind of people. You know, and um, but Dick was always a he was a center and he was a they played some fullback, you know, and stuff like that. But he he was he was the he was King Kong, you know, in this in this league, uh, and uh, it, he always was. And you know, he's he was he's actually um, you you don't want to mess with the guy, but he's actually a kind of a gentle giant when you really know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really cares about people, and um, especially his teammates. Mm. 
I mean, his teammates are, you know, like family to yeah. him. They always were, and that's why what made him such a great player. I love hearing that. That's really, really cool. And it doesn't surprise me, though, with a last name like Buckus, that the whole family has to toughen up a little bit. Yeah, I, I would say. I would say. Middle school is probably a tough time for the Buckus. I, I don't think anyone messed with, with, uh, with, with Buckus and uh, the, <laughs> the fam. Uh, uh, Charlie McBride. Uh, our two coaches were brothers of the, of the two schools. Okay. I was two years ahead or three ahead, ahead of him, but. Our, our two, our, our both our coaches were brothers of the uh, of the two teams, so it was a, a much better rivalry. I liked it, Coach. We'll talk again next Monday. Awesome to spend time with you today. Thank you very much. Okay, talk to you then. See you, Coach. Okay, thanks for having me. Bye now. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity, on a Monday. Big thanks to Charlie McBride. Mr. Blackshirt was on hand in person in Champaign. Went there with Jared Tomich, Toby Wright, and got to see some of his former players and really experience it uh, firsthand. I love the anecdote about the Butkus family that, that knew the McBride family there in Chicago. And they, uh, they, uh, it was just a, a good story to end it from Coach McBride on Dick Butkus. But, but Coach McBride liked uh, the topic and the, uh, the point of the responsibility. And your job is to help one another is pretty much what Coach McBride was saying. And the defense helped out the offense. Got to be better on offense, but they're uh, they're working towards it. Get the podcast of Coach McBride every Monday. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is where you can download the audio. Can watch the video portion, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, or rewatch us and stream us on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Follow me at Schmidt underscore Radio. And uh, we are going to get through, I promise, as many comments, open phones here the next 40 minutes. You want to join us, 489-1240. We'll get into some recruiting that happened last night. We'll get there shortly. But uh, JLo2204 uh, chimes in and says, what, was listening to the Bo Rude and Nick Baugh podcast. Highly recommend that. Nick's incredible. Does a great job. It's on the Herdat family of podcast network shows. And uh, in something I would like to talk further on, rules heavily vested in the play calling and uh, follows up that first comment with this. Am I the only one that knows that Satterfield was fired from play calling at South Carolina last year? I think the uh, supervision was more taken away or they shifted control uh, of it towards the end. And, and here's what I'll say about the play calling. And, and you saw Rule get animated on the sideline against Illinois. And you saw him get animated towards Harburg. And, and he's explained that. You saw him get animated towards Satterfield. And, and at one point, Elijah, on the sideline, they had to burn an, another timeout. And... and I thought I read the lips of what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing with kind of his palm out as he's walking t- towards Satterfield. I, I like that that rule is hands-on. It, it's 
sucks to be micromanaged, but sometimes you need it. And in all honesty, if Rule is going to let Satterfield go and then have to step in and shape what's called or dial back or give approval, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough way to work, but it's a necessary way to work right now as far as I'm concerned. He's the boss, and he's not going to, going to leave anything to chance, especially in that game. And I think uh, you saw more of a conservative approach in the second half versus how Nebraska played with some fire uh, towards the end of that that second quarter with a two-minute drill. It's one thing to be aggressive, but you were playing with fire with the amount of interceptions you almost threw. Just get to half, you didn't, and, and Illinois had a chance to, to – pull a Minnesota and get 10 points in two minutes. And and then things, I think, kind of um, scaled back. So and, I, I I think Satterfield's up against it with, with personnel a little bit. I also think he's up against it with what he wants to do versus what they can do. To your point originally in the show, Elijah, about offensive identity, I mean, they're going to have a personality. It's going to be physical. But what are they good at doing? Don't know yet don't know yet through six games and it ain't running the football consistently against better teams and it ain't throwing the football on third and long they're just kind of a mixed grab bag right now but i'm i'm okay with with rule having an iron fist with what goes on offensive well and rules made it clear since he showed up that whenever he talks about development that is not just the players he's talking position coaches he's talking coordinators he, he's trying to find the best version of everybody and I think part of that battle this year is going to be, you know what, we're going to develop a, a coordinator in Marcus Satterfield that is, that is better than where we got him from South Carolina. Because I've seen a lot made of the fact that, well, everywhere Marcus Satterfield goes, his offense has turned the football over and, and this and that. And, man, he hasn't been able to find an identity with this offense. And I think there's an element of Matt Rule thinking that, that he can develop Marcus Satterfield, the play caller, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator in that way. But on the flip side of things, Marcus Satterfield's one of the highest paid coordinators in the country. He is, and and that's it's not his fault. Has he performed like one of the highest no. paid offensive coordinators in the country this I, year? I don't no. know, man. But I, but I think we also need to accept the fact that Marcus Satterfield is not going to be it's a, a limited menu. It's a limited menu, and and rural knows that, and it's not going to be a one and done type hire with Marcus Satterfield. It can't. No. It, it can't be. And so I like, and so I don't we'll, think it should be. L- Love or hate the Satterfield offense, be prepared, Oscar fans, because I think we're going to get another year of it. It doesn't make any sense to let this guy go after one year, especially with the kind of long-term planning it feels like he's doing with that Husker offense. I've said it on the Saturday morning show. I think I said it Friday night after the game. I'll say it again now. I don't think that the offense that Marcus Satterfield is calling right now is the offense that is best suited for what the offense is right now, but it's going to be the offense that's that's going to give you the best shot two years from now whenever you have a chance to, as we kind of talked about earlier in the show, build that identity, build that attitude. And then once that attitude is built, which you, it's going to take some some games that feel like you're bashing your head into a brick wall, once you're able to develop that identity, the these painful offensive games now are going to be beneficial a couple years from now. Yeah, and I think that's where we're at you're right in a You're in a division for six more games that you're in the same boat. Uh, maybe aside from Wisconsin, and they're not lighting the world up. I mean, they scored 24 points, 17 if you take away the the pick six. The entire West is a nightmare offensively. Uh, 
you're 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 one of the uh, the seven dwarfs right here. It's what you are offensively. I mean, the whole play, the whole league, the whole West is is kind of a joke. Here's what I want out of my offensive coordinator. I I need him to develop, recruit, and refine. I need that from whoever's playing quarterback. That means if you're going to go to a portal option for 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 2024, good. Fine. Know that that Harburg's somebody that there's six games left. What can he become? How much can you continue to mentor him as a quarterback's coach? I mean, Spencer Rattler really looked night and day different, didn't he? Whatever you want to say about play calling in, in South Carolina, they killed it at the end of the year. And Satterfield was the position coach for Spencer Rattler. Rattler looks like an incredible quarterback compared to what he was at Oklahoma. Is that because of Satterfield's development, or is that Rattler figuring it out on his own? I don't know. But he, he was a much better quarterback. I need to see that growth. And you've seen progress from Harburg. The more live action he gets, is he polished? Is he refined as a thrower? No, but he's a better passer in some key moments. He made a lot of plays with his arm on Friday night. Also took some some gambles. So... That needs to be part of this discussion point, not just how many points are they averaging in Big Ten play. It's 19. How much better does he get his talent and, and what, what does he have around him? So keep developing the kid. Go recruit a dude. Get a yes and get a yes from the, the future quarterback. Maybe that's Kalen. Maybe that's a Juco kid. Maybe that's Harburg. Maybe that's Purdy. Maybe it's Sims. But right now with Sims... I mean, he's he's been a great teammate, but he but he was he is not a guy that you've you've hit on. You've got to be able to hit on whoever the next quarterback is, whether he is, you know, going to make career start number five in Harburg as you grow, or there's somebody else on the roster. And the other part of this discussion point is uh, Smothers and and Casey, and not to to dig up ill will. But both those guys could be kicking ass in this offense right now as well. And you, they moved on for whatever reason. Was that because of your discussion with them or they just wanted a fresh start with a coaching staff they they maybe had a better ability to connect with? Or realistically a combination of both. Right, That's and that's fair. So Satterfield's got uh, work to do. I think he knows it. And I appreciate the comment in the stream, 489-1240. And one thing I'll say, because there's a comment from Brandon saying it makes me a bad coach not playing the plays for his personnel. And one thing to remember here is this is not a, a Band-Aid coordinator you're bringing in. Hey, we're, we're ready-made right now. We're just bringing in a coordinator that can bring the best out of this offense for this year because we want to make a run in a Big Ten title game. That's not where Nebraska is at right now. Think about how much easier it will be to install potentially a transfer portal quarterback next year whenever all the other guys in the offense have already run this offense for a year. You're not changing up your offense. You're not changing up your identity for one year in order to get yourself five more points a game now because you understand that this is a long rebuild and and it can be frustrating now and I'm not saying it's necessarily the perfect way to move forward. I think I'm just kind of rationalizing what we're seeing right now. Think about the fact that it's a lot easier to install a transfer quarterback if all the receivers are running the same routes that they ran last year, at least a, a similar concepts. Running the uh, running the ball with running backs coming back, hey, 
we're going to be calling the same plays. Offensive line, very similar, if not the same blocking schemes. It's a lot easier to install those one or two pieces that are going to help you through the transfer portal or, or bringing up those freshmen next year. Uh, the, sorry, I should say the freshmen this year and the, their year two. You know what? You've already ran this offense for a year. You already know what you're doing. It's going to be easier to get those guys more snaps. And just get go, get, go get the quarterback. Up to speed next year. There's more elements than just, hey, we need more points this year whenever you're, you're thinking about a long-term rebuild as a whole and where Nebraska wants to be in three years. They're not going to compromise where they want to be in three years in order to be in a place where they can go get an upset win next week or, or what have you. This is a long-term rebuild. Rules made that clear. The coordinators have made that clear. They are thinking in a three- or a five-year frame of mind mm-hmm. as opposed to a what can we do this year. Well, and and let, let, let the kid Harburg play it out. Right, I mean, he's a far cry uh, from from what he was in the spring per rule, and you've seen him make winning plays. You've seen him make winning throws. It's just got to be a bit more consistent. Our old friend Jeff says Satterfield's doing a decent job considering what he has to work with. The suspect O line, lack of playmakers at wide receiver, injured running back room. Game wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And guess what? You're going to have rule that's paying attention to every little detail, offense, defense, special teams, and he will be there to overrule. Yeah, sorry about that pun, but <laughs> legit, he'll he'll know what's going on. And if you got to dial it back, he's going to make sure you dial it back. Four eight nine twelve forty. We'll get into some recruiting. Caleb Pye from Omaha Central has opened his recruitment up. What does that mean? If you're a big Red fan, maybe nothing. But we'll uh, get some calls. We'll check some email. We'll uh, motor through this uh, final 20. 489-1240. Hale Varsity continues. We're powered by Herdant Sports. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, and across the Hale Varsity Radio network. Dave's been patient. Dave, thanks for hanging through the break. Go for it. There was one of Harburg's interceptions I didn't think was his fault. It, it was down the, it would have been Harburg's left sideline, and the guy was open momentarily, and then the safety came across and made the interception. But mm-hmm. the, I think the receiver it looked like he quit on the play. At, at least he could have broke it up or the other guy didn't intercept it. But I thought he pulled up short when he saw there was going to be a collision. I wouldn't have put that one on Harvard. Yep, four touchdowns, two picks, uh, and as Coach McBride laid out, pretty brutal win to throw into because it was coming from all sides. Uh, that uh, my my my, my I do. It was. I know exactly which play you're talking about. And one thing that I'll say is, from watching the replays on that, Illinois showed a cover two. They ran a cover two. That's usually not the time whenever you want to 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 take a shot deep. There is down the sideline on plays against cover two. It's called a hole shot, where the uh, That's where they tried to go right. The, the safety doesn't get over in time. The corner passes it off, and there is an opportunity. You have to really put that one on a line and put it directly on the sideline. I don't think the the decision was necessarily horrible, as bad as some people were saying, but the the execution of it was really, really bad. You gave the the safety a chance to come over and make that play. Yeah. Will you be doing a live show next Friday, even though there isn't a game? We are going to be in – we're going to be in studio. I got that info – I got that info – 
this morning, but we'll be we'll be up there at the Hale Varsity Club on Friday, the twentieth of October. We'll try to make it. Hey, Dave, appreciate you. Thanks for your time, yep. man. Thanks again. Thank you. Good to hear from him. The old hole shot. <laughs> uh, and you better you better put some umph on it. Want to talk a little recruiting? I mean, might as well. Let's talk a little recruiting. It's a bye week. And we get a, we get a chance to talk some recruiting this week when you don't have a, uh, a potential loss looming at the end of the week. No, and, uh, you know, what's the word on uh, Caleb Pye from, uh, from Omaha Central? Super talented offensive lineman, one of the top linemen in the state. And uh, he uh, has been committed to Illinois. He was on social media last night and declared that he has reopened his commitment what does that mean does it mean anything for nebraska or does it mean more for uh, missouri and right now kind of the rundown is this we've reached out to some recruiting folks and uh he's he's a project offensive lineman Uh, nebraska i think gave him a timeline to try and decide to commit and he ended up looking at and and really liking Illinois and committed to Illinois. Nebraska is still in search of of bricks, of course. He's their number one guy. And uh, I I think just from a couple of folks I talked to before the show that you had high from looking harder at Missouri. And it may be more of a situation, Elijah, where, all right, I'm decommitting from Illinois. I'm going to really look hard at Missouri and go that route. You had a really good ball game by the Tigers against against LSU this weekend, where it was a three-point game and a pick six made it look a little bit better. But Missouri led that ball game by double digits at times. So Coach Drinkowitz is having a good season. And, you know, Missouri seems to be turning a bit of a corner despite their loss. Now, it's the battle of resilience in the SEC for this Saturday where Kentucky is trying to get up off the mat and they got to go to Missouri after uh, Missouri had found their way into the rankings. But right now I think Nebraska is all in on bricks. We'll see if they get him. Uh, It's going to be a a tough, tough task, but Nebraska will, will try. I think bricks get out of Iowa. It's probably looking real hard at Oklahoma and if you're Nebraska, you've maybe already devoted or devoted that scholarship out that, that isn't there any longer for Pyfram. That's where I look at it. You don't ever want to say no to offensive linemen, but the, the opportunity was there and that is passed. You never say never. You never close the door. You never shut it down. But I think right now Pyfram's probably looking at Mizzou based on his weekend visit. Yeah, and uh, another thing I'll say here is Nebraska does have 26 guys in the boat, and I don't. I the NCAA regulations with recruiting and first-year coaches and all that it changes weekly. Should I know them off the top of my head? Probably. Am I going to? No. It just feels like those are always ever-changing. I'll just say Nebraska has a scholarship limit that they have to hit at the start of fall camp, similar to this year. You assume there's going to be some movement in the transfer portal after the season. Uh, you would assume Nebraska is going to be bringing some guys in with 26 commits already. You do kind of start to ask the question of, well, how many spots realistically are actually left? And and that, that December signing period comes up quick once the season ends. So you have to have it pretty set by the time that rolls around. And you can obviously have a little bit of movement before the final signing period in February. But 
I am not of the opinion that that Nebraska n- thinks they need all that m- many more guys in this class because again the, the transfer portal is now how you clean up your your mistakes and your immediate needs quickly as opposed to going to the portal like Nebraska. Oh yeah, they need offensive line help. They need offensive linemen. Nebraska doesn't need offensive linemen necessarily recruiting wise because they have a solid class right now there already. I think there's guys the coaching staff likes and those are guys that assuming this program is built the way you expect it to be built, how Matt Rule and and Coach Ryle and those guys have stated, those offensive linemen probably aren't going to be seeing the field for two to three years. So if you need immediate help on the offensive line, you go to the portal as opposed to a guy like Pyfram. I don't think you want to say no to an in-state kid. You don't want to say no to a high-level offensive lineman. But if there is an uphill battle that needs to be fought for a guy like Pyfram, I think there's other places that during a season your resources can be spent maybe a little more wisely. Well, and this tweet was was uh, pretty big from our friend Dean Blevins, who covers Oklahoma, and he touched on how big Rouse was on the winning touchdown pass. Rouse, who was in on Lincoln for 12 hours before Oklahoma, he was able to to block two guys, keep them away from, from Dylan Gabriel long enough to get Anderson the football and that go-ahead score and that win 34-30 to over uh, Texas. And let's be honest, we all smiled and rejoiced gloriously that Texas got beat in heartbreak fashion by Oklahoma in a drunk football game where you had all sorts of fun in the first quarter. You had turnovers, you had scores and lead changes, and then you had to uh, a final three minutes of pure drama where it was just awesome. That's where I turned the game on. It was about three minutes off because I'm up at Whiskey Fest. You talked about the game being You're drunk. just like, give me a game. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm getting Boom samples while I got it pulled up, dude. And then you got to see Oklahoma go score the winning touchdown in front of the home fans. Or I shouldn't say the home fans. Half, in the, front home, of the, uh, half the home fans. In front of your supporting contingent. Awesome, awesome football game. And that's uh, one thing that we get to look forward to in a bye week, Schmitty, this week is towards the end of the week, we get to start being like a, a neutral college football fan and just appreciating the games we have on tap this week because there's some good ones. Washington and Oregon coming up mm-hmm. this weekend. You have USC and Notre Dame. And you can talk about the gauntlet of Notre Dame's schedule over the past about four weeks or so. Some 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 good battles, especially out west, coming up this weekend. And we kind of get to be a fan this week. Uh, Coach fun. Jim Hansen of Pius says, Irish by a thousand. I know where his heart and his head is at. Did he actually say that? You're putting words in I'm his mouth. I'm putting words in his mouth, but he's <laughs> going to say, especially against SC, he's going to be like, give me the Irish at a grand at a thousand. They'll win by a G. All right, we'll wind down this Monday edition. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you one final time. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Hail Varsity Radio, subscribe. Doesn't cost you anything. And take us with on your time. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Big thanks to all of you who jumped in the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube channel is where you can do that. On a daily basis, you can watch the video pod that way. And Hail Varsity Radio Twitter also. Follow and rewatch there. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. And big thanks to Charlie McBride. Big thanks to Jay Moore for joining us here on this Monday, 489-1240, 489-1240. We'll get some more thoughts on Nebraska during the bye week. Mitch Sherman will be with us tomorrow from The Athletic. Mitch will join us in Hour 1, in Hour 2. 
We'll check in with our dear friend from ESPN and Sirius XM, Matt Schick, will join us. And then, you know what? It's it's just a gorgeous time of year, and we need to get our, our Husker fix from the great Northwest as well. As some Pac-12 thoughts, the gentleman, Jim Walden, former longtime Nebraska assistant, former head coach at Wazoo, former head coach at Iowa State. Uh, we love talking to Jim Walden. Jimbo is going to be with us. Uh, on Tuesday's show. And uh, we'll, we'll get some Major League Baseball in this week as well. Uh, the great job of Chamberlain set to be with us on Thursday. Pretty excited. Got a podcast starting up with Jabba. Oh, is that we can go public with that? No, he just did. All right, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. We, got a, we got a podcast coming up with Jabba Chamberlain that we're really excited for. Hoping, yes. hoping to have the first episode all ready to go for you by the end of the week. I think we're shooting for a Friday morning drop to talk Something, a little bit about yes, the, uh, yes. the Husker baseball fall series that's going it, down. It better be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, now it has to be, doesn't no, it? No, it's been spoken into existence Costanza style. So uh, there we have it. No, so. but uh, I think there has been a, a big hole in this media market in terms of uh, coverage and and – Really, just uh, people who are experts on Husker baseball every single spring, and I, I think this will. Love, this will, I love Husker baseball. This will fill that void. We get a chance to have Job on, who's one of the best Huskers to ever do it, and uh, his expertise, his insight is going to be fantastic. Uh, Schmidt, you spent a lot of weekends out at the ball field. I have as well in recent years, so I think we can really make something special with that. I'm looking forward to getting the, the first episode out. Well, going to be great. Uh, love both of your insights. And uh, we'll uh, think of this time of year. I mean, you've got some amazing playoff races going on, some surprises right now with the Twins, and there's a lot of Twin fans in the area. And, you know, how does it shake out? Husker Baseball has a three-day three day stretch of, of fall ball going on mm-hmm. that I'm excited to, to get some more insight on. And, mm. yeah, and then you got a hot stove, and then you, pretty soon it'll be February, and Away we go. And uh, Bowl projection, projections have Nebraska in Detroit against Ohio. Oh, the Frank Solich Bowl. Uh, you know, I'm bowl projections. I'll I'll wait and see once like, you want to talk. You want me around. to talk to you in November? Yeah, like that feels like a jinx. We talked about the uh, the the twin series, and as Austin Powers once said, I do love twins. And uh, yeah, that's about all I had. I, I was I had that one joke in the in the canister, and that's all I had before I got out. You want to get a steak and a beer about on Monday Night Football quickly? Yes. We have uh, the Raiders and the Packers. Raiders are a two point favorite tonight at home. Go ahead. You want me to take it? I do. Uh, give me the Packers to cover a two point line. Okay. So uh, I'm getting two. You're getting two with the Raiders. Yeah. Well, fine. You're, you're stuck with them. That's fine. I'm never taking the Raiders. Uh, you just. Gave me a, a, a win for the ages. All right, back tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Thanks so much for spending time. A Huda Media Production.